The book of Jonah is, it's not really about a fish, and it's not even about Jonah. The book of Jonah is really about God and God being on a mission. That's really what the whole book of Jonah is about. And today, as we are thinking as a church about serving together, God has called us to serve, and God called Jonah to serve. And I just want to say right at the beginning, I want to thank Cornerstone for its heart of service. And we want to fuel it. We don't want to pretend it's not there, but I want to fuel it uh, this morning and fuel it for the rest of uh, this year. I had a lady on Tuesday come up to me, drop some stuff off from the food, for the food pantry, and she lives in Plano. She goes to a different church, but she says, hey, I, just, I told her who I was, and she goes, hey, I want to just thank you guys and thank your church for what you do. She goes, I tell people all the time when they come to me, I, she goes, I refer people over to Cornerstone all the time. She'll hear about things that we're doing, and she'll say, hey, Cornerstone's doing this, or Cornerstone's um, doing that. That takes people who are serving. So what we are wanting to do this morning is fuel that desire and continue that area of service. And there is service in the grand scheme of God's purposes, and there's service in the grand scheme of your life, and then there's service in the structure of the local church, which is what particularly um, we're asking people to sign up for. But what Jonah's talking about is all three of those. So I want to read Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, and then Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. And then chapter 3, verse 1 says, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thanks for the reports that we've heard of people serving this morning. Lord, we thanks for the chance to serve. So God, I pray that you to stir us and fuel us this morning through your word to continue to grow in our service to you and to others and to our community. Lord, I pray that you to open our hearts and our minds and let us bring you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, I do want you to sign up to serve at the end of the service in some way. I want you to be active about that. I want you to participate um, in that. But most importantly, this morning, what we want, what I want, is I want you to say yes to God first. I want your yes to be God first, because your name on a piece of paper is second. Because if your yes to God is what it ought to be, your name on a piece of paper is where it should be. And that's what we want. And the purpose of the Christian life is, like Jeff said, to glorify God. At the beginning of this year, 2016, in January, we had the fellowship dinner outside. We passed out the bulletins. And this was the outline to kick us off in the beginning of the year. It says, the purpose of the Christian life is to glorify God from Isaiah 
43.7, and I said this, as we go through 2016, if that's the purpose that God has for us, then we're going to have to endure difficult days in dependence on God. We're going to have to enjoy and can enjoy daily graces diligently, and we can expect impossible demonstrations of grace from God. And I put at the end of that message on the first Sunday of 2016, Romans 15, 5 through 7, which I'm not smart enough to remember that, but that was what I picked for August uh, to be our uh, verse of the month. And what I said at the end, what we said together was, position yourself to be a voice of the glory of God in 2016. Position yourself to be a voice of the glory of God in 2016, which is what we want this morning and what we continue to want as our church. My question is, how is your heart for service? I mean, Jonah had a near-death experience. When we left Jonah a couple weeks ago, he had been swallowed by a great fish. It was a near-death experience. He gets puked up at the end. And when you're puked up at the end of something, it gives you chances to evaluate your life. And to think, where did I go from? What, what, what happened here? How did I end up here? And that's what Jonah did in this morning. Is we, we just want this morning to be an opportunity for us as a church to evaluate our service. And where is God calling us to serve? And what is his opportunities that he has for us? It was a great moment and a great opportunity for Jonah. I mean, how is your heart for service? We believe that this life is not all that there is. This is temporary, and eternity is eternal. So my question is, for 40 years from now, or 400 years from now, what is it that you are going to wish you had the courage to say or do for the advance of the kingdom of God? 40 years from now, as much as we don't want to admit it, Some of those in this room are going to be in eternity. And 400 years from now, everybody in this room will be in eternity somewhere. And if we're followers of Jesus Christ, when we think from that perspective, what do you wish 400 years from now, in eternity, do you wish that you would have the courage now to say or to do to advance the kingdom of God? Because when we think about it that way, eternity is very visible And the good news for us is now we can make that decision now. We don't have to wait for that time. Those opportunities are for us to position ourselves to be a voice of the glory of God. Jonah is an account of a man like us who was called to serve. Really, the book of Jonah is the story of a great God A great and gracious God allowing a cranky, grumbling guy from Galilee an opportunity to serve. That's really what the whole book is about. This great, gracious God calling this cranky, grumbling guy to serve him. And he says no at the beginning. And so as you think this morning about serving together in Cornerstone, serving together in your own life, serving together in the direction that have you go, I just want to encourage you with three things from Jonah chapter 3. The motivation of service, the means of service, and the miracle of service. The motivation, what's going to keep us going, what's the means to help us, and what's the miracle that we can be a part of. And the first one is the motivation for service. It says... If you step back from the whole book of Jonah, 
God came to Jonah first. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. The motivation for service for us as followers of Jesus Christ as Christians, the motivation, the thing that moves you or should move you and will move you if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ is the idea that God always serves first. God does not ask us to do things that he was not willing to do first. Way back in the beginning of Genesis, God served humanity first. He did not have to give us life, and he gave us life. God served us first. He breathed into us the breath of life, and everything that you can do, every work, every movement that you have, all of it comes from God. God always serves first. And then when there's this massive city called Nineveh that needed to know the gospel, it was God who served first. And he came to Jonah and he called Jonah to be a part of it. God always serves first. This produces, this is grace. This is great generosity from us. And this, for us, and this should produce joy, which it did in Second Corinthians Chapter 8, with a, with a little church who were suffering, it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 2 and 3, For in a severe test of affliction, the, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. What motivated people who had absolutely nothing to do that? What motivated them? was their abundance of joy. And where did they get their abundance of joy? They got it from the realization that God served them first, that anything that they had is a gift and a grace of God. That's what motivates us for service. That's what should fuel your service. We're motivated to serve God not out of debt, God doesn't need us to try to pay him back for everything he's done. When God calls us to serve, he's not saying, hey, I did all this for you, now I want you to do all this for me. That's not why we serve. Excuse me. We serve because we have been given great grace. And out of that amazing grace, we have great delight. We can have great joy because we have this opportunity to serve. We're, we're like gold miners. Who dig? There's no gold miner in the world who digs, finds a little nugget of gold, and says, well, that's good, I'm going to go home. That's not what they do. They find a little nugget of gold, and then they say, let's keep digging for more. I want to find more gold. I want to find more gold. And they keep digging and digging. Let's see how deep this thing goes. That's the motivation for us as service. When we understand the grace of God for us and how much he loves us, we are overwhelmed by that, and we say, that's unbelievable. I'm unbelievable. So God continually gives future grace to me. He continually gives me grace to endure and to strengthen. He gives me more grace. So when I serve in the areas that I'm not fully comfortable in, then I, I find that I can do it. He's equipped me. There's more opportunity. Let's see how far this thing can go. This grace is so amazing. I'll just keep digging because the more I serve, the more grace and future grace is avail- available. Aren't your motivation for service? I hope, is the fact that God serves you first. That's the, the thing that will sustain you in your service. Not everybody knows that. I read Richard Dreyfus wrote an article in the Guardian newspaper earlier this year. And they asked him a bunch of questions. And the first one he said was, When I die, I hope I'll have a chance to hit God in the face. 
with all the stuff that Richard Dreyfus has accumulated in society, he still feels like God's gypped him off, he said. That's a misunderstanding of God and a misunderstanding of grace. God is generous to us. He's overwhelmingly generous to us. And our motivation is that God always and has served us first. So we can just keep serving God because he's going to have future grace and future grace and more grace available to accomplish it. But then there's this means of grace. Because serving is difficult. I mean, Jonah was called to a very difficult task. To go to people he could not stand and didn't want to have anything to do. And God said, Jonah, that's where I want you to go. And some of you, as you go back there, there are certain things you will say, God, I'll do this and I'll do this, but I will not do this. That's outside my comfort zone. That's not my thing. Well, going to Nineveh was not Jonah's thing. That was outside his comfort zone. And that's what God called him to do. So as you look back at the list when it comes to our church, don't just walk past everything and say, that's not my thing. I don't do toddler room. I don't do nursery. I don't do this. That may just be your Nineveh. And that may be the thing that God's calling you to serve in. But serving is difficult. And God has given us this means to help us. And he, he gave Jonah this means. He says, when Jonah was running away from God, saying no to what God called him to do, God said to him, hey, he, he moved Jonah back to where he should go. And then verse 2 says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. One of the means, one of the ways that God has equips us and helps us in the difficulty sometimes of serving is he gives us the ability to speak to God. He, we get this ability to pray. It's been talked a lot about this morning because it's a gift and it's real. But it has to be personal and we can pray practically and we can pray in the point of pain. When you serve in some way with other human beings in a way to try to do a move of God, there's going to be obstacles emotions, feelings, personalities, conflicts, and difficulties that can come up. And God says, listen, when I call you, I know it's going to, I'm going to call you to hard things sometimes. But what I've given you is this ability to speak to me through prayer so you can personally come to me, you can practically come to me, and in the most difficult times of pain, you can come to me, you can pray. And that's the means that God helps us, enable us to keep serving faithfully. And then he says there's a sacrifice part of it. In verse 8 of chapter 2, it says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. One of the means that God calls of sacrifice is this ability to pray, speak to him, but there's also this part of sacrifice. There's always going to be a sacrifice to what God calls us to do. It's how God works in our lives. It's how he changes us. It's how he sanctifies us, makes us what he wants us to be. And all the way through, but when we know and are motivated by the grace of God, the sacrifice we will want to be a part of. Charles Simeon, in the 18th century, was 
this pastor who, quite frankly, when he was preaching one Sunday, uh, became a Christian. He literally, while he was preaching, re- recognized what he was saying was true. And in the moment he, he believed it, somebody stood up in the service and said, hey, the preacher just got saved. And it was true. He genuinely got saved through his own preaching. Went on to be a great pastor, and towards the end of his life, they, they said about him, hey, Charles, slow down. You don't, you're 80-some years old. It's time for you to slow down in the work of God. Take it easy. And he said this, Shall I not run with all my might now that I see the finish line in view? He wasn't going to quit. I don't know if you watched the Olympics at all this week, but that was true of Shawnee Miller from the Bahamas in the 400-meter sprint this week. She's running as fast as she can. She sees the finish line. She knows that uh, she's got one chance. There's somebody coming up next to her. So she dives for the finish line, and she won the gold medal. Which is the same way it should be for us in the Christian life as we serve. We don't get to a certain age, or we should not get to a certain age. Things may change in some ways, but we don't say, I'm done, I need to slow down, I need to take it easy. Because you're so close to the finish line. That's the time you go all the way through and you dive in and finish for the glory of God. It's sacrifice. It's the means that God's given us. And he gives us second chances. It says in verse 3 of chapter verse 1, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Arise, go to Nineveh. It's an amazing word. The God of the universe came to this guy and said, I want you to do something. The guy said, no, I don't want to do it. I'm going to go do it my own way. And God could have said, fine, I'll find somebody else to do it. But he didn't. He came back to Jonah a second time. I'm going to give you another chance. God does that. God gives people second opportunities. He does it often. He doesn't mean he always will, but he's done it often. And some of you may have served well for a while, and then circumstances or sacrifices or difficulties or conflicts or people issues or problems came up, and you said, ah, I'm done. I'm going to take a break. I put my time in. I'm tired. Somebody else's turn. Or, you know what? I'm getting too old for this. I can't really do it this way, so I'm just going to chill a little while. And I think some of you need to say that God's calling you again. And he's opening up for you a second chance. And he's saying, don't quit now. You may have quit before. You may have gotten discouraged. You may have gotten frustrated. You may have wanted to collect all your toys and run home. But don't do it. Because I wanted to use you. And I'm going to use you. So come back in. That's what he said to Jonah. It's an amazing gift of grace. He says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And it's still not clear if Jonah gets it yet. But he still came back to Jonah a second time. We're just, just saying, surrendering and saying, I will trust and I will obey wherever God leads me. I'll do it. And that's a miracle of God's grace on Jonah. It's a miracle often, if we're really honest, on God's grace on us. 
Because I am like Jonah 99% of the time. I don't like it when things are hard. I don't like it when there's conflicts. I don't like it the hard way. And I would rather just say, no, obviously it's too hard to do that. I don't really want to do that. I think we're all, if we're honest, more like Jonah. But God gives us this unbelievable means of service. He gives us the ability to speak to him and just pour out our hearts to him in prayer. He gives us these things called, he tells, hey, there's going to be a sacrifice. Jesus displayed this by his great service to us. And then he still gives us second chances. As messed up and as poorly as we do it sometimes, he still comes back to you and says, hey, 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 I still want you to do it. I still want you to do it. Somebody said afflicted does not mean ineffective. And damaged does not mean done. And some of you may have feel, and maybe you even are, damaged and hurt from past times of service. And you don't want to step back in the ring. But damage doesn't mean done. Jonah was damaged deeply. But God wasn't done with him. And he said, step back in. I give you these means of service. And then there's this great miracle of service that God did. Jonah goes back in. We'll look more at this next week. But Jonah walks back in, goes to Nineveh, somewhat of a daze. We're not even sure if he even fully gets it yet. He goes back in. He preaches. And then verse 5 says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. These absolute enemies of God heard Jonah speak, and in one day, the people of Nineveh believed God. That's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And the miracle of service is that God will use you. God wants to use you. You may feel like, man, my my portion is really small. There's not much I can do. I'm really, there isn't isn't many things I can do. That's not what matters. You may feel that your portion is small, but it really is the, the pieces and the cumulative effect of those pieces that put God and his grace and the glory of God on display for the world to see. And collectively, when a church does that, collectively, when everybody just does their part with their piece, collectively, the, the world gets to see that the glory of God is shown. God will use you as the whole miracle of service. The idea that God would use Jonah is a miracle. The the idea that God will use us is a miracle. We all don't know everything about ourselves. And if we knew everything about each other, none of us would be in this room together. If we knew everything about us. But the miracle is God takes people like us and he wants to use us and he helps us. And God serves us. One of the coolest things that I've seen in a long time happened yesterday. We were at the AYSO soccer games for uh, Aaron, and actually it was half the church kids. The Shaw kids were playing. Um, Briar Weiborg was playing. And we're watching this game, and cumulatively, acts of service were great. There's a whole bunch of the youth leaders were there watching it. And two sisters on the other team, were playing, and one sister was on this side, and one sister was on this side, and one of the sisters fell. 
and went right down on the ground. And whenever that happens in AYSO soccer, they blow the whistle, and all the kids have to kneel down. So all the kids didn't see it. So this girl fell. The refs blew the whistle. All the kids dived down. And across the field, the sister of the girl that fell jumped up, yelled her name, ran up, and ran over to her sister. And while she's running, she looks to the side and says, Mom! Mom! And she goes running to her sister to see if she's okay. It's the coolest thing in the world that I've seen to see a sister love her sister that way. The miracle of service is that's what Jesus has done for us. That Jesus went to the cross to rescue us from our sin. He gave his life for ours. He served us so well. And now the Bible says that he is making intercession for us. He prayed for us. He makes intercession for us. So in our service that he calls us to, when it gets difficult and when it gets hard and when there's conflict and when we get hurt or we get damaged and we're down on the ground and we don't want to get up, Jesus is actually running across the field to us, calling to the Father, Hey, Dad! Father! Look at them! Help them! And He's interceding for us. That's a miracle to us. That should motivate us to run and to serve and to work and to glorify Him. Jesus is our brother. And He's making intercession to us, calling to the Father continually to help us. And every single time, there's more grace available. There's more grace available. There's more grace available because God wants to use us. God wants to use Cornerstone Church. So this morning, I would just encourage you, sign up, serve through, and see what God might do. Are you in the big fish? Are you sitting in the belly of a well gone man? Have you turned your back on his wish? His wealth for your life, have you made him sad? Do you want to get out of the big fish? Listen to God and follow his plan And you won't be part of the main dish He'll spit you out on the dry land Spit you out on the dry land You're one brick short of a load now, brother You're one shot away from the bullseye You are missing the mark on your spiritual walk Started walking away now you're sinking into the deep Wake up from the sleep See you one flash short of a happy meal You are incomplete by your own deceit You turned your back Now you're gone swimming <laughs>
the dare, then you'll be swallowed there. Under the truth, then you will find that a rescuer at just in time to pick you up back on your feet. Obedience is neat. Follow his plan, and you won't be part of the main dance. We'll spit you out on.